Hey everyone, you're listening to The Belated Box Office, the movie review podcast where we discover and revisit blockbuster classics new and old. Belated Box Office is presented by the Force to Be Social Network and is hosted by Jeff Young and Pat Fitzgerald. Our theme song was composed by Leith Fortin. Thanks for listening and please enjoy. Recording. This is going to be episode four of uh, Force to Be Social, the live podcast hosted on Twitch. Uh, we're talking about Half Baked tonight, and as I mentioned before, I started recording. It's a it's an absolute classic stoner film, um, and I don't think there's I don't think there's enough of them. Not at least that are completely based on marijuana. You know, there's there's a lot of movies that have marijuana as a, a general theme, but not as the entire theme. I think the only other one that comes to mind is Pineapple Express. Pineapple Express is, is one. Like, marijuana motivates the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're thinking about what's termed a, like a stoner movie, it's something that's make, kind of made to be enjoyed by people who are high or getting high or enjoy getting high. It's kind of a it's kind of an outdated concept at this point that weed's been legal for so long that yeah. now... Uh, you know, the stoner movies were kind of a kind of a contribution to like a counterculture that kind of, for the most part, I think doesn't exist now. So they're kind of a cool little historical pocket of cinema. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I would say that's um, that's a good point. I never really thought of it like that. I mean, I think the interesting thing about weed being legal now is like it won't be long before it's just socially acceptable everywhere, kind of like alcohol. And I'm, I'm still waiting on that because there's still a few people lagging behind on the whole thing. Like, oh, I think it was a bad idea. Government should shouldn't have done that. But uh, yeah, okay. I think once every every state I in America can't believe they legalized such a dangerous drug. It seems How super they, irresponsible. Yeah, gonna get high in the streets now. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go drive on this. <laughs> mm. I guess I should go through. I should bring up and go through notes because I like to get this out early. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about Half-Baked. Uh, it was released by Universal Pictures in 1998, directed by Tamara Davis, and uh, stars Dave Chappelle, Jim Brewer, and Guillermo Diaz. And it was written by Dave Chappelle and Neil Brennan. Yeah, well, but, I'm, I'm pretty sure Neil and... Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Neil, Neil the same Neil that... The, the Chappelle show, right? Yeah. His yeah, middle so... name is Taken Notes. <laughs> That one Neil like, taking notes. Yeah. Since then, I've always called him Neil taking notes, Brennan. Yeah, not to his face. <laughs> just, just on, just on TV. Face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, like I, I remember seeing that in the credits, and I was just kind of like, "Shit, that's the same Neil that wrote the Chappelle Show," and like, obviously, more of the uh, their creative side and writing side, and Dave Chappelle being more of the executioner in terms of the comedy uh mm-hmm. and and performances which was fantastic and it's it's crazy to see because i don't think the Chappelle show came out till like 2004 i want to say about 2000... 2003 and yeah. then season two which is the 
kind of the season that has all the iconic shit from it. Um, it's got the trailer for the Black White Supremacist in the first episode. Um, that was 2004, so it was like, and it's, yeah. it's hanging, it was 2004. Yeah, and then there was a couple years later they came out with season three where it was just Charlie Murphy and... Uh, Donald yeah, yeah. That it had a lot of funny sketches, but it kind of it lost its luster without Dave Chappelle. Like I know he was in the sketches, but it was just like without him hosting, oh, yeah. it just it just didn't seem right. Um, Obviously, yeah, it was kind of like a, a decision to release it just because they had it. Yeah, and they were like you know what might as well like what else are they going to do with it? Can I just since you brought up who it was starring? Uh, this movie's got a fucking really like it's got a lot of star power now i don't know if all it the does. stars that were in it were super popular at the time but some of them are massive right so i made a little list here there was like uh, and i'm sure i missed a few uh john stewart i wrote john fucking stewart because i used to fall asleep watching the daily show all the time and he's a really shitty actor and he knows it but he's hilarious in this because it's really it's just a really bad role like it's like you ever seen the back of a $20 bill yeah I think that's the only reason he took it it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if you're good in this role just you know go ahead yeah they're like just say some stupid shit and then ask if we've seen that stupid shit on weed and he's like I can do that that was yeah I'm gonna check out the stars man it's really trippy especially on weed man and you're like alright we we fucking get it you've he said everything's trippier on weed like 30 times. It's fantastic. But he's not even like the big one. So you've got two of probably music's biggest uh, pothead icons. Yeah. You've got Snoop Dogg, the scavenger smoker. That's mm-hmm. a good scene. He just basically takes their joint in the middle of a session and smokes the entire That's thing. Great scene. Yeah. Yeah. Goddamn and scavenger. <laughs> and then, of course, yeah. the other one being, uh, well, you know what? Yeah, so the two music kingpins of this and willie nelson mm-hmm. uh willie nelson obviously the the old school i remember when a dime bag used to cost a dime guy yeah the old guy who like you just like smoke weed and you're like this guy's old like what's he gonna know but then you smoke with him and it's like oh this guy's cool he's got stories of like this old man's cool as shit <laughs> yeah <laughs> old man rules um i think the next biggest heavy hitter if not the biggest heavy hitter in terms of the uh the counterculture of of you know, uh, the weed scene was Tommy Chong as the squirrel master, yeah. uh, yeah. with his squirrel fuzzy nuts, fuzzy nuts. right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean like just those three alone, it just kind of speaks to that counterculture that you were talking about, right? Like here are three like super successful people, two musicians, one comedian, actor, musician, I don't know, Tommy Chong kind of does everything, pot advocate, yeah. I guess. Yeah, but they're like, yeah, like like flagship celebrities who are, are known for being in the like steeped in the counterculture of weed. So it's like if you're yeah. if you're a pothead watching a stoner movie with half baked, you're instantly like, that's that's one of my guys. Yeah, yeah. It's like I... favorite player from your favorite team make a cameo in a movie almost. You know who I didn't know was in this mm-hmm. movie? Like I knew this character. Like I, you never forget the MacGyver smoker. That's fucking. Mm-hmm. That's uh, Stephen Baldwin. Stephen Baldwin, yeah, and the other I one I didn't even recognize. Uh, is the the uh, creative smoker reading her terrible poetry? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I must seek Buddha. I must seek Christ. <laughs> you must yeah. seek therapy. 
That's, uh, yeah, I think this one thing this movie does do, even looking back on it, like what it does a good job of, the kind of same bit is like those all to different extents. I think Snoop Dogg's the best example, but to a different extent, all those cameos they have as the certain type of weed smoker is like if if you were like smoking weed, like those are people you know, like you yeah. recognize, like and this is the uh, you know the uh, the you should have been there, the historian smoker. And you see Willie Nelson, and you'd be like you and your buddy be like. Oh yeah, that's like Matt's uncle that we bought off that one time. He was cool. We hung out with him. And then there's like the scavenger smoker, Snoop Dogg pops up, and you're like, oh if, yeah. If I didn't like know a guy like that in high school, obviously, like yeah. Was, and not even always... if he was just like a scavenger, it was like just the guy who never had money for weed. Yeah. He just always happened to be around, and you're like, well, shit, like. Right, yeah, you can, the, have, you the, can have some. I quit smoking yesterday line is perfect. Like, yeah. as he's just like <laughs> taking up your whole joint, it's like, well, I'd buy some, but you know, I just quit smoking weed yesterday. Yeah, see you later. It's like when you go to the uh, bars and you're out front having a smoke or whatever, and somebody's like, hey, can I get a smoke off you? Like, what? You didn't bring your own? They're like, no, I quit. No. <laughs> Apparently I not. That, you know? <laughs> I was that guy for like a week. Yeah. When I it, unsuccessfully attempted to quit smoking. And it happened. Uh, a couple years before I successfully did. But getting back to the movie about the munchies, I, I thought I, I did make a note of that. I was just kind of like, yeah, I didn't really get the munchies that often. Like, I would eat a lot, especially when I was drinking, but um, I think. I remember the munchies, man. Good times. I think like, it was just you know, when, when Brian goes wild. He's like, we need peanut butter and jelly and Funyuns and this and that. And I'm just like, fuck, he's listed quite a spread. And then yeah. you know, Harlan Williams ends up getting it all. <laughs> it's like. That's impressive he, enough. I can barely remember the groceries I need to get. And he's just out there high as a goddamn kite. And he's just like, yeah, I need to get all this stuff. Seems to get it all beats, in one spot. And he eats absolutely all of it to a horse. Minutes later. Like, he's like, the food is all gone. Oops. <laughs> like, you fed all that food to that horse? Like, yeah, a lot of fucking food. You, you won't be able to go back to that apartment and show your face there. I still, I, every... Every time I see that fucking movie and he walks out with all that food and he's like, hey girl, you hungry? And that one girl thinks he's talking to her. Tells me to fuck <laughs> <Yeah>. off. <laughs> I, uh, that one made me laugh out loud again. Because again, like I, I knew the scene existed. Seen the movie so many times, but when I heard it again, I just laughed so goddamn hard. Uh, it was just like one of those classic, classic lines that I, I even worked with a bunch of people that never smoked growing up. And they knew that line. And it was just like, it's just fucking hilarious, but Buttercup. I mean, that really is the whole spinoff of the movie, right? Yeah, what your English teacher would call the motivating incident. Yeah, yeah, I, I would. Uh, well, it'd be hard to disagree <laughs> disagree with that. I mean, that and maybe finding out that the place that uh, Thurgood Dave Chappelle works is basically like a, a testing center for medicinal marijuana. Um, but yeah, I mean. It, I just can't get over how much, like, that movie just resonated with all the old shit, like you were saying, right? Like, they named all their bongs. They had different names, like Billy Bong Thornton, uh, Wesley Pipes, obviously all all named after uh, recognizable household names, right? Oh, yeah. What But what irked me is that Billy Bong Thornton is not even a bong. He's a hookah. It is. It is. These guys have a hookah that they call Billy Bong Thornton. They should be calling it Officer TJ Hookah. Is that that is that your only problem with the movie? Really? You think like yeah. it's just the inaccuracies of calling a, uh, three like stars. a Middle Eastern it's a three -star water movie. Pipe. It would have had a perfect score of three and a half stars 
if they had not named the the hookah incorrectly. It's like when you walk into a head shop and you've like you've been smoking for years, and then there's like some new kid working there, and he's like, "Oh, you want to check out our selection of water pipes?" You're like, are you talking about bubblers or bongs? And he's like, "Uh, over here we have this." You're like, "You motherfucker, get out of my way! I know more than you." You're like Ron Swanson at the hardware store, right? Like, yeah, hey, sir, are you looking I for know anything? More than you, and just yeah. scare away. <laughs> don't talk so, to me. I know more than you. you know? Yeah, don't. The fact that you're attempting to help me is an insult to my intelligence, and I'm about to get aggressive about it. Yeah, and then you like trip and fall over something in the store. You're like, "Fuck!" (laughs) You're like an idiot now. (laughs) Well, Um, but yeah, yeah, uh, so half baked. If we just summarize, so Dave Chappelle uh, playing Thurgood Jenkins um, and his three buddies. it should, the opening scene shows them like all smoking weeds for the first time as kids smoking weeds and uh, <laughs> doing the marijuanas doing some cannabis doing some joints and um, as as adults they uh, one of their friends gets end up, ends up getting uh, arrested uh, for the most most cartoonish ludicrous crime ever committed and um, his bail <laughs> is at at, uh, at one million dollars no, no, no. 10% of $1 million is what they need to raise for, for bail there. Yeah, and, why is that that it was only 10%? I have that written there. I don't know. I, 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 I've never had to deal with that person. I don't know. They had to post post bail, post bond. I don't know. I, I've, I've watched some Law & Order stuff, but I, I, don't, I don't fully understand. Well, in any case, his, uh, so the, Dave and, and, uh, and the other two buddies there... Um, they they want to get their buddy Kenny out of uh, out of jail, so they uh, they end up uh, they start selling weed in order to uh, in order to raise the money to uh, to post bail and get him out of there. Which is like the logical thing to do. Like if you need to help your friend out, desperate times call for desperate measures. Uh, yeah, so the lucrative business of selling weed is is the way that you go. Yeah, yeah, and of course you know it's the four of them are the main characters, but I don't think you can ever forget about guy on the couch plays such mm-hmm. a pivotal a pivotal role he's yeah. kind of like the uh which is another one of the yeah there there are a few um you know uh, cameos that aren't related to the different types of stoners montage and uh steven wright playing the guy on the couch is one of them yeah also tracy morgan was in the movie for a second i think it's like a little early in his career to call it like an official cameo but he's the uh he's the guy who's um like the announcer on, uh, or like the the video, the VJ on like MTV when they're watching and they see uh, yeah, uh, Sir Smoke a lot. Yeah, you know who we didn't mention, who has one? I think he has the best scene in the whole movie is Bob Saget. Bob Saget. <laughs> yeah, I have he, him written down to here. Yeah, so like, he, he even mentions in one of his stand-up specials about how he's like, I'll be walking down the street with my two daughters who are young, and they're like, Hey, Bob Saget. You still suck dick for coke and like daddy i thought you were a comedian he's like no honey you heard the fan i suck dick for cocaine <laughs> yeah i don't think that's a scene you could ever live down as a as a comedian especially such a wholesome wholesome actor based on what was that show they did uh full house full, yeah full house yeah so to, to yeah. be the, the dad on full house to being the fucking well i mean bob saget's whole career like since full house has been kind of like just being like filthy and acerbic and trying to like undo all of the wholesomeness that is of, of the image that he was created. I think he did a pretty good job with that one scene. 
I think that pretty much unraveled it and opened the gateways to be like, Bob Saget's a sick motherfucker. He's he's got some dirty I, jokes. I think it's the perfect amount of Bob Saget. Like, yeah, I didn't need any more of him in the movie. Like, <laughs> that's about as much Bob Saget as you could you could use. I think all those recognizable faces had just the right amount of time in there. Um, yeah, I think it was it was really well done, right? Like they didn't try to overdo it by being like, "Oh, these are famous stoners, you know." Let's put them in half the movie or the entire movie. Yeah, it's not like they were characters in the movie that are like, "Hey, Thurgood, we gotta sell this weed, man." Like, they were just there for the one scene to kind of, um, kind of like uh, demonstrate what they were, like what type of stoner they're trying to trying to illustrate there, and, and that yeah. was that. To tell you the truth, I don't think I knew about Dave Chappelle at all. Uh, until this movie, really. Um, like, I'd never really... I think, I think that I saw the movie Screwed before this, and that's where I knew it from. Okay. You remember Screwed? I don't. I, I have no idea. That's a movie we should do at some point. That's uh, Dave Chappelle's not the, the main star. He's, like, the second lead. The, the main actor is uh, Norm MacDonald. Okay. And it's also got Cloris Leachman. I think Cloris Leachman and Danny DeVito in it. Like, it's, Dave Chappelle uh, had been in some big films, right? But I didn't really know about him in in this kind of context, right? Like, obviously, when you realize he was, you know, he helped write the thing, that obviously he's involved in this kind of subculture. And, uh, yeah, like, I knew like I knew him from Robin Hood Men in Tights. I think that was before this movie. Almost positive it was. Definitely was, yeah. Uh, I think Con Air as well. Con Air, I didn't realize Con it was Air. him until after I'd seen this movie, but I... Obviously, any Nicolas Cage movie that comes out, I'll see it at least three or four times. All right. Uh, yeah. yeah except Did you see that one where he was like, he was like hunting him and Ron Perlman were like hunting witches, and just refusing I, to do British accents. I, I watched about thirty minutes of that movie, and I was like, no, no, I can't do it. Couldn't do it. I can't. Yeah, do I, was, it. I was dumb enough to watch to the end. I think the only actor that I'll watch the entirety of their new stuff is Kevin Costner. Because I was obsessed with the original Robin Hood that he did with Morgan Freeman uh, as a kid. I think that was kind of like, I think I might have worn out the first VHS my parents bought for that Robin mm-hmm. Hood movie. And then obviously, you know, seeing Robin Hood, Men in Tights, and Dave Chappelle, not knowing who Dave Chappelle really was at the time, it just didn't hit the same as a kid watching that Mel Brooks movie. But uh, but I was very fond of the story itself. Um, to be fair, I don't think that Mel Brooks movie was supposed to hit the same notes as the Kevin Costner movie. No, it wasn't. But I mean, like, it was just like you'd assume, getting older, starting to think those kind of jokes are funny. Uh, it would have been just as like I would have probably just I was I wasn't gravitated to it. You were just probably mad that it was making fun of something that you that you loved. No, I didn't mind the movie. It just. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'll, I'll still watch that Robin Hood with Kevin Costner. But I, I've seen Robin Hood Men in Tights enough to be like, yeah, it was good. It was good. Um, where was I at? I, I had a, I, again, I, I made so many goddamn notes. Uh, there were so many funny funny aspects of the movie, obviously, when he meets his future girlfriend, uh, Mary Jane. I think her full name was like Mary Jane Potts something. I don't I was, remember. I was just laughing. I was like, Jesus, man. Like, her whole name is basically just marijuana-related, and she does not like weed at all. Makes sense that her dad was a weed dealer. Her own dad's like, oh, my dad. My dad sold weed, so he belongs in to rotten prison until he dies. Fuck him. Four years just for weed? Damn. (laughs) Losing his shit after he just starts selling weed. And she's like, I hope he's in there longer. I hope hope he dies. I hope someone kills him before his sentence is over. Yeah. (laughs) She's just... 
very draconian and like uh, to the point where it doesn't feel like a real person really yeah but i mean but i mean yeah. it, it served its purpose like i like it was it was funny right to kind of see that whole development in that it was a, it was a perfect amount of side side plot to go along with the movie to break it down and and give you those breaks and have some serious notes where it wasn't just about selling weed and and stuff mm-hmm. like that um I just fucking everything about Arlen Williams in this movie was fucking hilarious, man. Like he was like the nicest guy, kindergarten teacher, wonders for their self esteem. Then he's talking to the guys at the prison window. He's like, "Let's just say I'm not getting the respect a cop killer deserves." (laughs) The guy grabs him. He's like, "See you later, fish," and he's just losing his shit. And they're like, "All right, Kenny, we're gonna try our best, man. How long do you think you can make it there?" He's like, five, maybe six thirty. Like talking like get me out in a couple hours please yeah he's um he's good like harlan williams knows exactly what he's doing in this movie the other guys too like dave's other buddies like jim brewer is is like on point for this whole thing and guillermo diaz is too i heard jim Uh, brewer doesn't even smoke weed i heard he just looks like that yeah that's just his face (laughs) well he told the story about how like he smoked weed like he thought they were wrapped for the day, so he went back to his trailer to smoke weed, and then he got a knock on the door, like, we actually need you back for, like, a, cu- a couple more scenes, because I think it was the actor, who was the actor who played the, the main villain there? Uh, Clarence Williams III. He kind of just up and decided, like, you know what, after today, you guys don't have me anymore, so do what you gotta do, like, shoot what you need, because I'm, I'm just peacing. So they had to go back, get Jim Ruler from his trailer after he smoked a big joint, and he's like, oh, fuck, like, I have to act when I'm actually high, and, like, <laughs> he screwed up a lot of takes and almost ruined the movie. It's just so funny, right, to be, like, such a main character in a stoner film and not even partake yourself, right? But, like, yeah, it was funny seeing that, because, uh, like, nowadays, Guillermo, he's even used that name in certain shows, like in the show Weeds. But he he's been popping up. He's popped up in a lot of things like that I've seen. I know he's been in a couple of murders and he's been in some other shows and I think he's been in a couple of movies and stuff like that. Like he's done pretty well for himself. But I always knew Arlen Williams from uh, just for laughs because yeah. he, he used to do all the. Uh, he was on there a lot. I don't know if you'd call him like the MC. You know, yeah, there was, was a couple, one or two seasons where he kind of hosted, like, in between segments. Yeah, like, he'd give, uh-huh. like, the preamble or the uh, the post, you know, uh, the post-session post interviews, right? And it was just nice and quick, but I just, I remember seeing him in the movie and after seeing all that, and I was just like, oh, cool. Is that guy Canadian? I don't even think he's, is he Canadian? I don't think so. I don't think so either, but it was weird that he was hosting or doing that for Just for Laughs, right? A Montreal-based comedy yeah. show. But I remember seeing that and being like, oh, shit, I didn't know he was Canadian. And so that made me like him a little more. And then later on, I realized, I don't, yeah, I don't think he is Canadian. I had like, no, he's just okay with being paid in Canadian Canadian dollars. If, uh, if I don't, good. Yeah, I don't but think it was too bad of an exchange rate back then, maybe. Ooh. Yeah, but... All right, I'll take it. I'll take your loonies just for the last festival. Yeah, I think it was funny, though, because, like, this was this was one of the go-to stoner films I was I was watching growing up being a stoner and uh to see all those guys and anything different it was just kind of funny to see uh, I always I always enjoy that kind of aspect when you like I don't think that Jill and I can ever watch a movie nowadays where I'm like is that not the guy from this 
is that not the person from that? And like, I'm more interested in what the people in the show have done before. Instead of actually paying attention. Yeah, I, I really get lost in IMDb almost all the time. I'm terrible yeah. with names of these people, but I recognize them. I'm like, oh shit, okay, what's Kayla, the show called? Kayla threatens to leave me every time I do that. She hates it so much. I'm like, isn't he from like the guy the, who's from the other thing? And she's like, I don't know, he's probably a fucking actor. Shut up. <laughs> no, only uh, actors only get one, one appearance. That's it, yeah. and they're done. There's just there's no more. We don't have time to keep up with all this shit. Unless they're playing the exact same character, they get one shot. And I'm sure both of our wives would appreciate that because, yeah, I'm sure it gets annoying for both of them on a regular basis. Um, I'm trying to think. Most of my notes here were just, like, lines that I thought were hilarious growing up and every time I'd watch it. notes are just out-of-context quotes. Um, One of the notes here that's not about the lines but about the lines is uh, it just seemed to flow so well. Like, I don't even know if they actually wrote a lot of a script as much as it was probably like, let's just do a bunch of takes of this scene and we're going to see what comes with it. Because a lot of it just seemed so, like, free-flowed and perfect. Do you know what I mean? Well, I kind like, of have to bring of... up then, if you're going to say, like, there was a script. Um, Dave and Neil have, have talked a lot, especially Dave, obviously talked a lot about how proud they were of this half-baked script and like how much work they put into it and how great it was and how little the final product the ending movie did not resemble the, the script at all i get the feeling that dave chevelle actually doesn't like this movie he's never outright said so but i've i've seen multiple interviews where he just says like oh that the half-baked script is like the best thing i've ever done and then as soon as I saw the movie, I'm like, well, geez, you guys didn't use a lot of our script at all. But I think that's, I don't know if it's like, I don't, do you think it would have been better? Or do you think he was just kind of mad because he thought he had wrote a masterpiece? And people he, uh, were kind of like, let's just, let's free flow a lot of this. Like, let's do six or seven takes. Though, I've heard Jim, I heard Jim Brewer say the same thing. Jim Brewer said, like, when he when he was, like, approached to, to act in this part, and he read the, the original script that Dave and Neil wrote. He said it's the best, like the funniest script he's ever read, and he also says like, well, the the final product was nothing like the the actual script. Like it just doesn't do it justice. Well, you said the movie was released in 1998, and the Chappelle Show came out in 2003, 2004. You know that that was the era. Maybe they just maybe Hollywood didn't feel comfortable releasing everything they put in their script because they're not shy about writing shit that most people would yeah. not want to produce or be a part of, right? So maybe there was... Maybe Sports it Kingston got butchered. The black white supremacist sketch from the first episode of yeah. Hell's show. Yeah. Which is like one of the most controversial things ever. Absolutely. Uh, like, that whole show was controversial in that sense. Like, at the time, being young, I was just laughing my ass off. I thought it was the funniest shit I'd ever seen. And so, I, yeah, you know, now looking back on it, I wonder if their their script was a lot, a lot more in tune with what they were trying to get across in the Chappelle show like over the top ridiculous yeah um, one thing Dave says that he has a problem with is is like he like the words he w said was uh like it seems like they w they wanted to make a weed movie for kids yeah so the, the movie that he ended up making that they wanted to make Dave and Neil wanted to make when they wrote the script was like not as as colorful and cartoonish I don't think and it wasn't going to be as kid friendly and, and here we are right now uh we were kids basically we were very young when we saw this movie 
I was pro I was like early adulthood. I was probably like nineteen or twenty or something. Was that when you first saw? Okay, yeah. Well, you were the oldest in your family, right? Mm-hmm. I think my brother and sister were already smoking weed. Uh, by the time this movie came out, at least my sister probably was, and so or just just about anyways, right? So I kind of got, I kind of got bumped up to seeing it probably yeah. when I was about twelve or thirteen, maybe. Yeah, it would have been about well, that's that. the thing about being the oldest. You miss all the cool shit. Yeah, you, you got like, you got to what's the going answer. on, and other kids who have like older brothers and sisters have to like get you up to speed. Um, right about anything, you're just like you're just like ten or eleven years old, and you're like you like that. You put your fingers where? But why? <laughs> you just don't know. Like American Pie, I saw that when I was super young too. That was yeah. uh, more of a coming of age movie for you know people about to graduate, obviously. But yeah, no, like looking back on it, you're right. Like it, it did seem a lot more, and like watching it last night, it did seem a lot more like a a young adult slash child. Kinda, it was like here's an it's introduction not to weed exactly movie. appropriate for kids. Like no one's gonna show this movie to their kids. But it is kind of like all the colors are really bright. All the jokes are like the, the delivery of the jokes is really like like when Dave's hanging out with his buddies, like set up joke in like a kind of a sitcommy way. Um, so there's like cartoon and like cartoon type elements. I think I think like the scene like we can talk about like hi Chloe. <laughs> the scene where um, they get uh, where, where Harlan Williams gets arrested is really like the uh, the best example. He he comes out so he he's got all the munchies. He comes out of the the bodega there and uh, starts feeding it all to this horse and. Uh, then the horse, he's like, oh, hey, do you want some food? And he feeds it the horse. Then the horse just, he feeds all the munchies this horse, and it just drops dead. Uh, just... And it, the dog is still going, hold on a second. You have a leaf blowing across your front yard? I don't know, man. She barks at everything. She goes crazy over whatever's out front. It's probably another cat, a rival cat my cat's been fighting with, which is typical. But, yeah, the whole horse dying scene, right? It just kind of keels over. Yeah. All four legs just fall over, and it farts. <laughs> yeah, it farts because of course it does. And then a cop, a nearby cop, like who somehow didn't see, he's like nearby writing somebody a ticket, but didn't see Harlan Williams taking like thirty minutes to feed <laughs> all this stuff to the horse. Like th- this cop's at like performance is just out of control. He's just like fire cop, ah! and like he's just playing it up to eleven, right? And I believe so. I wrote some of his lines. Like he he. Uh, he just, uh, like, cuffs Harlan Williams. He goes, you're under arrest, you dumb son of a bitch. <laughs> you're a cop killer. I'm a school teacher. <laughs> like, that, cop, that horse's name was Buttercup. You say it. Say, say its name. name. Say his name. Buttercup. Butternuts. He, he Buttercup. Cop. The, <laughs> the, the horse is uh, diabetic. So feeding all this, like, high sugary foods killed the horse and then immediately Harlan Williams like in, in a quick succession of like you know smash cuts he's brought in front of a judge the judge slams his gavel like oh, I sentence you to go to prison bail set at ten at a million dollars like it's all just very much a cartoon I liked how they were roughing him up too like those two cops it's just like the point of view camera and it's like, like and their faces are just fucking like it's not mean at all it just looks fucking hilarious like it's just stupid but it, it that made me laugh too. I I made a note about that. I was just like, this is fucking hilarious. Like it's, it's just a terrible, <clears throat> terrible thing. Like yeah. So I roughing up Kenny, just uh, 
yeah. just ridiculous, right? Like the whole, that whole scene. Yeah, like it's like a montage of going to jail. It, it was. Yeah, a bunch of smash cuts, and like, how did this last? Like, when did they? Did it happen so fast? Like, was he arrested, brought before a judge, and then convicted like that in, a in the time that his buddies were still at home? Like, when's Kenny gonna get back with the sour cream and onion chips, man? Like, yeah. Yeah, no, that's exactly what it was. Before he was brought brought before a judge and then incarcerated, like <laughs> it was one of those twenty four hour judges, fun. right? Yeah, no, that's exactly what it was. Because I mean, uh, uh, Scarface and Brian wake up Thurgood, and they're just mm-hmm. like, "Hey, man, Kenny didn't come home last night, and we're worried." And the guy on the couch throws the note at him. It's like <laughs> Kenny called. He's in jail. We got to get Kenny out of jail, man. So yeah, yeah, in the in the time that they got off work, smoked weed, and then woke up the next morning, yeah, Kenny had uh, Kenny had experienced all of that police brutality. We'll call it. That's yeah, he experienced a full episode of Law and Order, which usually takes weeks. Yeah. In what, Uh, you know, I would say. A couple hours. Twelve hours. Twelve hours maximum. You know what I mean? Like you're given the entire time frame from like eight to eight. Uh, but yeah, I thought, <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny. It was. I think one thing that was uh, that was fun is because you bring up that scene where the guy on the couch throws the uh, paper to him. K- Kayla was in the room. Uh, it's not face off, so she didn't leave in disgust when I was watching the movie, and uh, so she was like, but she was on our, our phone, like mostly paying attention. But at that point, she looks up and, and says, "Who's the guy on the couch?" Like, and the answer is kind of just yes. He is the guy on the couch. Like, that's his name. Who's the guy on the couch? That's him. That, yeah, that's, that's the guy that's on the correct. couch. Yeah. After Stephen Wright is the guy on the couch. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what a great, like, it's, again, like, the, the movie's obviously not trying to take itself seriously in any means, because they, they, there's sort of a roommate, like, a guy sleeping on their couch. They all refer to him as the guy on the couch. And mm-hmm. then, at the end of the movie, when they're in a big, you know, they're in trouble with Samson, the other drug dealer, and, and, uh, they have to, they, they have to like figure out a way. Like the chips are down, and they got to figure out a way to make their money on time. And uh, they're, they're like, "Well, why don't you ask the guy on the couch for money? You let him live here long enough." I was like, "Yeah, that's Brian's friend. I don't know him." And they all realize, "Like, wait, don't isn't he your buddy? Like, <laughs> he's you just don't know who the guy on the couch is." Couch drifter, right? Which is also kind of someone you know as a young adult. You always you always know at least one person who's just kind of bouncing from house to house, staying on couches. You're like. Does this guy not live anywhere? Like, no, he's he might he be really here for does. a few more days or a week. I don't know, but uh, we'll see what happens. He's like an outdoor cat, he just comes and goes as he pleases. I just loved yeah, how he was like, "We should we shouldn't have fed him." He's so out of touch, but he's so in touch with what's going on in the movie. It's great. He like he wakes up to go take a piss, and he takes a really long piss. He's like, "Is it Tuesday?" Like, no, man, it's Saturday. Wow. July? January? January? No, man, it's no, August. August. <laughs> <laughs> but then they're like, looking, trying to figure out where they can get money. And he's like, well, why don't you just rob that fucking lab that you work at for all the weed you guys have been stealing lately? It's like, yeah, how do you not know what month what it is? Done. All the weed, we didn't mention that, but yeah, they, he's uh, like, uh, Dave works at, Dave Spell works as a janitor at, a, at a, like a science lab and they've been doing some studies with marijuana so he figured out how to forge forms to take take the marijuana out of uh, inventory which you gotta think like that's not gonna work forever 
like as silly as it is that like a jan uh, like a scientist asks a janitor to go pick up like an illegal drug and bring it up to the lab like if but you're I... not going to ask a janitor to do that even if even if you, we give them pass like okay you did it that one time like they're the people who who keep that stuff and like you have to sign it out with them like they're going to make notice of the fact that this janitor is coming back every other day how come this janitor has so many requisition forms for marijuana exactly like that's it's gonna get fishy like maybe someone should check with the scientist upstairs okay but but uh one thing that kind of blew my mind is like he can sign out pounds of weed at a time now when he goes Mm -hmm. to sir smoke a lot and he buys a pound of weed it's ninety six hundred dollars they basically need to sell 11 pounds of weed to get kenny out of jail it's like, well, why don't you just fucking sign out 11 pounds and then just sell off pounds? Like, why are you, like, yeah, let's start dealing drugs you know, low level. All this and... spoke a lot, like. Yeah. I don't, I, you know what I mean? Like, I, so for me, I it was kind of like. that, but that's good. That's good. Yeah. Was, some good detective work. It just kind of bothered me. I'm like, Jesus Christ, $9,600 for a pound of weed? Like, that is ridiculously expensive. This is sort of. Uh... And I was like, wait a second. If they need $100,000 and they go, crunch the numbers which is pretty easy because it's just like okay it's almost ten thousand dollars they need a hundred thousand dollars it's roughly you know not even a full 11 pounds of weed yeah but um yeah that, i think that was the only problem <laughs> just running the numbers i don't know why that was like the first thing i was just like why why are they trying to sell all this weed nickel and dime to like going and handing it out obviously it's a movie they had to it was fun i really enjoyed that whole thing of mr nice guy and then when sir smoke a lot like does this whole music video Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was hilarious. I think it's amazing that Dave Chappelle. Like, I I had to check to make sure because I'm like, it looks like Dave Chappelle. I'm almost positive that's Dave Chappelle. Oh. But then I was like, is it though? Uh. Yeah. No. I I still can't get over. So like, to get back to like stoner films and stuff like that. The only other movie I can think of that was like this, and it was more recent, was Pineapple Express. But like we were saying before, now that it seems to be more socially acceptable and it's legal in a lot of places and people just don't seem to give a fuck about weed anymore yeah um even pineapple express loses its luster like i think it's just going to be a little piece of uh it's it's going to be just a little piece of history you know the stoner film is going to be from a certain era that's kind of over now although i did think and i didn't i this this didn't cross my mind until we were talking like a little bit ago but um What's that Seth Rogen movie? It came out just a few years ago. Like I want to say, like twenty fifteen. It's a Christmas movie. It's him, it's Joseph Gordon, Joseph Gordon Levitt, and it's um, his other buddy. But they do mushrooms Maggie. and shit. I, I know the movie you're talking about, like Crazy Christmas when, uh, Night. I don't know something like that. It's I think it's called Last Night or Okay. Uh, that's it's, a... <laughs> it's a really good movie. Um, it, yeah, Seth Rogen ends up. Uh, Seth Rogen ends up in uh, going to like Catholic mass, Christmas Eve mass, in wearing a wearing a like a Hanukkah shirt. Yeah, while he's just like have his mind on mushrooms. And he freaks out, doesn't he? he? Says something about like, "Why would you put a guy oh, on yeah. the cross?" And like, blah blah blah. He's like, like there with his wife's family, and he's just like, "I'm freaking out, man! I'm dying!" And then he goes outside on cubes or something like that. It's, it's not uh, good. I saw that movie a while ago. I, I thought it was. I thought it had really really funny parts. Again, I think that was just kind of like... So I don't think we're going to see any more stoner movies like that. I think you're going to see stoner characters, which have always been a thing in movies, really. Like, it's not that far out. Um, what was that knocked up? That one chick that was on the couch? 
whoa, that's so weird. You got like a baby growing inside of you, and oh man, and she's just like, Can you imagine when it comes out of your vagina, though, it's gonna hurt. Yeah. That and the one guy who's just like, oh man, do you have pink eye too? He's like, nah, man, I don't have pink eye. I'm just really high. <laughs> it's just <laughs> fucking eyes are shut. Just everything's red around it, like just baked. But yeah, yeah I, I think you're not really going to see a lot more that of that. like aren't going to happen anymore. Well, maybe not, but like I feel like the. Well, I'll just the say this, and tomorrow they're going to announce like the newest fucking stoner comedy, yeah. like literally <laughs> built exactly about what we're saying couldn't be done anymore. Well, Super Troopers 2. I mean, there wasn't a lot of weed in Super Troopers 2, I don't no, think. No, Super Troopers 2 was, uh, was more about, what was it, uh, knockoff Canadian pharmaceuticals? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, planting them in places that were going to be annexed by the states and all that kind of stuff, and it was... Yeah, surprisingly, I don't remember much about Super Troopers 2. Don't. It's not in theaters. Don't. It's not worth it. Uh, well, it's, it's not. It's no Super Troopers. No, no. It was it was it was worth a watch to say you'd, I'd seen it, and that was about it. Super Troopers was like a phenomenon; like it was oh. instantly everyone's favorite movie. It was an instant classic. Yeah, and Broken Lizard never did anything close to uh, close to that again. No, and what was that movie they did with? Um, they it was they had like a restaurant. Slam and Salmon. Yeah, Slam and Salmon. That had some funny parts. Or Michael Clark Duncan. Yeah. Yeah, that one's kind of like, um, yeah, it's got some funny stuff in it, but overall, it doesn't really work. It doesn't work like Super, like Super Troopers does. No, Beer no. Fest was pretty good. Beer Fest has got to be like the runner-up for like best Broken Lizard movie. Well, they were planning on doing something like Weed Fest, but now it, it maybe it's, now that's the culture. That's the kind of thing they could go off of. Like it's legal now, and so you're gonna have fest. like you might be able to, but I, I think that was just rumor. I think that was all. Okay, let's say Soul Plane. A Soul Plane? Like a, was it a stoner film, or was it kind of like there was just a lot of people that you knew smoked weed in the movie? Yeah, that was Snoop Dogg's. I never, I never saw it. It's been a long time. I think it was Ke- it was Kevin Hart, and he gets his ass sucked through a toilet in a plane, and so he sues the airline company, and he gets uh, he decides to open his own airline company so that no one will have their asshole sucked through a toilet on a plane. I have no idea how the whole... But either way... He buys a plane and it's got. So Kevin Hart doesn't have an asshole for the rest of the movie. Like, it just got sucked out into I the don't, sky I, or I, something. I, <laughs> the movie's pretty old. All right, don't don't be questioning my my knowledge on a movie that I saw. Well, it's before we before asshole scientists discovered how butts work on airplane toilet seats. I don't know. I've only taken like, like four shits on an airplane. A, I've taken like four shits on an airplane taking a lot of pisses because i drink a lot of beer when i fly I, I don't fly unless i'm drinking beer yeah snoop dogg kevin hart method man there was a lot of a lot of uh, uh really famous black comedians and and black artists in that show it was kind of built around that premise right like it was i feel i, I feel because like that's probably all it had going for it it was like oh i can go here and see all these celebrities in the same movie well, Kevin Hart, I think, was up and coming at that point in time. Um, yeah, definitely. I don't know exactly when it was released, but it was definitely before his big. And he kills it. You know what? I've never actually watched any of his recent stand-up comedy stuff. 
I've always enjoyed. I've always, I've always enjoyed him more as a, as an icon and an actor. Than, uh, than anything. Like I love fucking Ride Along One and Two. Were hilarious. Yeah. Anything he does with those, uh... are awful. Hold on a second. You like well, they're, they're not good. Movies. I thought they were funny. Okay. I didn't, I didn't say they <laughs> well, were good. I just I, I enjoyed them. I can enjoy whatever I enjoy, Pat. You don't get to fucking tell me what I enjoy. I do. I enjoy a lot of Your shitty things. Favorite movie is The Boondock Saints too. We've been over this. Yeah, but I didn't say it was good. I just said I enjoyed it. You said Boondock Saints two was great. I don't. I don't know if we should get into this tonight. This is one night we're gonna have to do an episode where it's like battle of the fucking. I feel like we have to bring it up at least once every episode, though. We brought it up every every episode so far. So okay, the fact that the fact that Boondock Saints two has Ricky from the Trailer Park Boys in it, it it, right there disqualifies it from being any kind of potential award winning good film. Not that I don't enjoy his work. It's well, just, who says it's it, got to be award-winning, though? I okay, mean, how about the scene where Rocco, they, they're speaking to a fucking ghost, and he goes on about how it is to be a man for, like, 20 fucking minutes. Like, this guy died with a shit ton of red meat in his coal, and you're like, we get it, man. You died last movie. Like, <laughs> where's the new guy? And then the new guy is like, where the fuck are the enchiladas or some shit? He comes into some, he does some <laughs> stupid fucking line, and they're like, what the fuck was that? Like he says something that's stupid. That's fuck. I mean, that's better than whatever he said. I feel like if we we can't get around, if we keep going like this, we'll never be able to get around to doing an episode of the Boondocks Saints too, because we'll already have said everything we have to say. Yeah. No. What we'll do is episodes like this. Maybe for like the fifth or the tenth. Maybe we'll save it for the 10th. What we'll do is we will literally do a watch party on Discord, you and me. Maybe we'll record the watch party. I don't know. Maybe it'll be like a YouTube special. And we'll just sit down and we'll watch Boondock Saints 1 and we'll marvel over how fucking fantastic of a film that was. Agreed. And we'll both put our hands up in the air when Willem Dafoe is like, there was a firefight, and just starts shooting his gun into the air in an open crime scene. Right? Like, so fucking over the top. Um, Yeah, I think that'd be fucking great. Uh, but that's something we got to plan for. That, yeah. That's, that's going to require, gonna like, to... I'm going to have to send Jill and the kid away for a weekend. And uh, and we're going to have to fucking sort this out. Cause I, I can't have distractions. I'll tell him to take the dog. I'll just give him money and say, go to Jasper. Like, just go stay in a hotel. <laughs> yeah. I need I need the house for a weekend. And you'll just be in your house alone watching, watching movies. Or I'll buy her a sweet laptop and I'll just be like, I'm going away for a weekend. I'm just going <laughs> to... We're doing a watch party and I can't be at home for this. So... <laughs> Um, yeah, I think that'd be fucking awesome. That would be awesome to do. It's got it's got to come in at some point. Like the Boondock Saints, both movies have to officially come in as episodes at some point. But yeah, I feel like we can't put it in too early because then we'll kind of have jumped the shark. I think after we're a little more That's... settled settled into this thing, once we're a little more comfortable and like once I can hit one button where everything happens all perfectly, yeah, it'll be fine. Maybe I mean, we settle into we a routine. Other stuff like we still have to set up that uh, petition for people to sign, so that Paramount Pictures gives us one hundred twenty million dollars to to write and direct a Shadow the Hedgehog movie. Yeah, absolutely, Rick, absolutely. It would it would like, only be fair. Uh, priorities. Yeah, I, I think you that's reasonable. Funny? You know what's funny about that too is I I just picked like one hundred twenty million out of the air because I was like, well, it's you know animation's expensive, movies are expensive these days, so that seems feasible. Then I looked up like 
the Sonic the Hedgehog movie had like an eighty million dollar budget. Yeah, but you don't want to sell yourself short. And we're you don't. For, you don't want to have to ask them for more money, right? It's like we're asking for hundred and fifty percent of that to write a spinoff of that movie. It's like under promise, over deliver, right? You're like, we can make a sick movie for hundred and twenty million, and then when we give them a mediocre movie, and we're just like, we only spent ten million. Here's $110 million back. $10 million. It's just us playing with Sonic figures like stop motion film. We're like, zoom, 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 zoom. Those are the sound effects for him spinning up. Oh, gotta go fast. We just literally steal. Like I, I watched a movie one time where they literally stole clips from Terminator 2 and just used them as their own action scenes. Like Remember in Terminator 2 when Terminator has the fucking Gatling gun? He boot fucks that desk out the window and then just lays waste to all of the cop cars. You remember that I, scene? And I love Terminator 2. I think it's the only Terminator movie I've seen front to back. I've seen, yeah, but I don't ever much about it because it's a while. I've okay. heard it's the only... When all said and done, it's like the only good one. I th- I would agree. I would Absolutely. I think they just started taking it too far after that. The first one's pretty good. <clears throat> the first one was good enough for a second, but the second one was just like, whoa, here's some new technology and then it was just never it was just never good again. Yeah. Yeah. That's but sad. There was a scene in that in Terminator 2 when he he boot fucks his desk right out the window and they're at uh <clears throat> they're at that building where Miles Dyson does all his work and shit. And they're like, "Oh, the cops are here. The cops are here." And he's like, "Don't worry, I'll take care of it." And he's like, "Don't kill anyone." He's like, "Hasta la vista. I got this." And he's all programmed to be a fucking civil. But he just lays waste to all of these cop cars. Now, me and my brother were watching this I don't even know. Can you? Can any movies beat F List? Like it was so fucking bad. Like I'm gonna get F List for so fucking bad. It was so bad that there's these two guys standing there with little submachine guns, right? Like the MP5s that you see, you know, tactical SWAT units and shit using. And they're like, "Let's do this!" And they fucking go to kick a desk, and then it switches to that exact that that entire fucking sequence from Terminator Two. You see the term. You, you see two. Which movie t- is you that see two. I don't know. I, I can't. It was so long ago. I saw this movie. And it was Stop so it. shitty. There, I think I just suppressed it. You know, I don't want to see that kind of shit again. But literally, it's the exact same scene. So these guys have like some small caliber, like nine millimeter, forty-five APC fucking guns, and all of a sudden, it's just constant bullets flying out of this building from two guys with like thirty-round clips, whatever it would be. And they're just destroying cop cars. And it's literally Terminator. It is the fucking scene of Terminator. We paused it. Rewinded it and paused it. And you can see T-1000 in the helicopter. Like, you, you can actually pick out... Like, they didn't... They didn't edit these scenes. They just snipped them. They're like, well... Okay, so they legitimately, like, were taking footage. It was from... the actual footage from Terminator 2 that these guys used in this movie. What? Yeah, no, I, I shit you not. There, we literally that, paused it, and you could see T-1000 in the helicopter. We paused I, it, we're like, that's T-1000. I don't know. That's, don't that's know from Terminator. This, this whole right thing. Because we're like watching it, we're like, this is very familiar. And it, it, we were younger, so like it wasn't that much later after Terminator 2. Well, it was probably a while after Terminator 2, but it wasn't that that long where you can just steal fucking scenes from it. Like, literally a sequence. It was like a three-minute sequence. I mean, I'm a, I'm aghast. Like I, I thought, like I thought I knew what you were getting at. Like, oh yeah, they like copied that no, 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 no. scene and 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 used and they set up like footage of their own. Like they they set up their scene in the same way and took the kicking the desk idea 
No. And here you are saying that you paused it and saw the T one thousand. Yes, the, the, it was so it was straight up just like uh, we need a good action scene, and it's going to be from an office building. Like, well, you can't steal Die Hard because that that gets repeated every Christmas. People are going to recognize. Why don't you take Terminator Two, the most awesome fucking well, movie of the Terminator the same Studio, right? It's got to be from the same. It, it must have been. It, it's it, got, it had otherwise, to have been. like otherwise you got to make a citizen's arrest, man. Like you got to. <laughs> You've got to blow the whistle on these people. Well, here's here's the thing: is that we, you know, growing up, we were we were big action film buffs. You know, there was there was three boys in the house, and uh, it it was just it was not good. It was it, <laughs> we watched a lot of shitty action films, which probably explains why I'm such a huge fan of movies like Face Off. Um, yeah, the shittiest of action films. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa! He's watching it, but like it's it's. Well, we've said the only we thing in that said, movie that is over the top is the boat scene. Live, then you missed it. Yeah, you know, if if you haven't seen Face Off, and you missed our first episode, you just wouldn't understand. It's, it, it's, I mean, you can still you can still see Face Off, but I mean, our first episode, we didn't record it. I think so. I still have the VHS somewhere behind me, behind that bottle of Forty Creek underneath a mouse pad. Um, can I be honest? I think picking uh, Half Baked uh, was a mistake. Like I kind of don't want to talk you know about what? it. It was like, it was uh, what was it like ninety minutes? Like an hour, yeah, an hour oh, and man. twenty minutes, hour and thirty minutes maybe. Um, I enjoy I enjoyed watching it again. I I thought it was kind of, it was like I had it on the computer and I had some other shit going on, but like I know the movie so well that I was just kind of like, well, you know, oh that was cool. I remember that that was neat. Yeah. Um, there were some things I caught that I did, like the very first scene when it shows him like smoking weed as kids. And he's got that joke about old James. Yeah. Like it was all, it was me and, and Scarface and Brian and Kenny and our buddy old James. And there's this really old black man saying there. He's like, wait a sec. No, old James wasn't there. Come to think of it, I don't even know anyone named old James. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then they, he just disappears from the scene. Yeah. He I, I didn't, that's yeah. the first thing in the movie. I didn't remember it, which I thought was weird. <clears throat> I remember that, also, like, I guess another thing I wrote down, like I, I feel like I should point this out, is like um, I guess one of the things because I was like a, a stoner with no ambition at the time that this movie was. Uh, <laughs> Don't my, blame my the weed for your butter. lack of ambition, though. Um, <laughs> you just happened no, to smoke I'm, weed, but you had no ambition at the time. No, I'm gonna. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, chicken or the egg, right? Either way. Um, what came first, really, the lack of ambition? I'm just gonna say that. Like, what I said? What came first? It was the lack of ambition. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just that, that. That's an easy solve right there. <laughs> I mean, debatable. I'm not. I, I'm not here to defend my lack of ambition. <laughs> I'm not here I to never, defend I, myself. I never have defended it, and I never will. <laughs> I just don't have the ambition to defend my lack of ambition. <laughs> that's what it really right. comes down to. <laughs> well, the thing is, I like. Either way, like, I didn't realize how sad Thurgood's life was, kind of, like, um, when it didn't register with me, like, he's, he's like, a grown man, and, like, he had these, these three buddies, like, when they were kids, they smoked weed together, and then as adults, like, they're all living together and just still smoking weed together every day, and it's, like, it didn't register with me, it's just, like, how sad it is that they're all such failures. You know, but you know what was crazy to me is that they weren't all failures, like, Kenny was a fucking kindergarten teacher. Now, I don't know what it yeah. takes to be a kindergarten teacher where anyone else that is watching is from, but you don't you, you, you don't just come out of high school and you're like, I want to be a kindergarten teacher. That's no, not how that shit bachelor, works. No, it's called a bachelor's of education. Yeah. 
And nowadays you have to get a bachelor's and then an education degree or diploma after that. Like it's crazy. Yeah, like early childhood educators. So like <clears throat> certificate or something after it was yeah like each one of them worked a dead-end job except for kenny who happens to kill a cop dog or a cop horse <laughs> you know like like the the one you'd assume would be the smartest of all of them because he's a teacher uh ends up overfeeding a, a diabetic horse and killing it and going to jail for it mm-hmm. um but yeah no that was one of those things where it's like you know was his life that bleak i don't know i feel like he seemed to enjoy it I mean, he was, like, living with his four childhood friends, or his three childhood friends that smoke weed every day. I think the only issue that he really had with that, and it, the, obviously the the love interest in that story really brings it out, he's like, oh yeah, get me uh, what's that stuff? We used to eat it all the time back in the day. Pussy. Pussy. That's right, yeah. So obviously it was kind of like, okay, we're I don't even know how old they're supposed to be in that movie. I would assume mid-20s. Yeah, like 24. Right? And uh, yeah, it's kind of like shit, man. Like, what am I doing with my life? And so, like, at the end, when he's just like, I love weed. I really do. But not as much as I love pussy. It was kind of like, is that a coming-of-age thing? I don't know. Is that is that a thing? Like, I feel I like ever since is. I was 15, that was the objective of life. You know, as soon as my nuts dropped, it was just like, whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. There's there's this thing we can do, and it feels great. Well, yeah. Uh, and and I'm not talking about smoking weed. I'm just smoking it like that. It's like, I guess, I'm just coming to realize this as you're saying it. But, yeah, it's uh, like... They're good at making the decision to, like, you know, maybe I shouldn't be, like, sitting around smoking weed every day. Because he says at some point, he's, like, thinking about, like, what, how he's got to get Mary Jane back. He's like, well, I haven't been laid in, like, five years. And then I thought about the and, last girl I slept with, and it was, like, at prom. Yeah, it's, like, it's prom day. Exactly. Yeah. Like, so he's just been, like, stagnant in in life since, like, it's kind of, like, a real honest view of, of weed in a way. And what it does to you, like, he's been stagnant since high school. Like yeah. He's got a job as a janitor. He can he can get by paying the bills and has enough to afford like his like a quarter bag a week or whatever he's smoking and like with his buddies. But like he's going nowhere with his life until he makes the right decision to stop smoking weed so he can be with Mary Jane. Right? And he's like, it sounds superficial on the surface. Like I love I love weed, but not as much as I love pussy. But I think what he realized he realized like well fuck like there's more to life than smoking weed. So I just gotta like grow yeah. up and on so it is kind of a modern coming of age story like coming I, I, of age story i think they present, like... they present that well because yeah you're absolutely right like when they start talking about like they have their rituals about getting high mm-hmm. no man get wesley pipes and they have like their whole fucking yeah beaded in built cabinet where they have all their bongs and shit and it was yeah i thought that was great uh, but yeah it's been arrested they're like well we can't smoke we smoke weed at a billy bong thornton uh without him because it wouldn't be right so we'll smoke wesley pipes which is a good joke i think it, yeah no man it's not right get wesley pipes like they're like not gonna smoke weed because it just wouldn't be appropriate but then all of they're a sudden like no we're, we're definitely gonna smoke weed we just their, like their best bong we should that's for special occasions yeah well no we shouldn't get the four-person hookah out without kenny yeah. so yeah. let's bring out a pipe because it's just not appropriate but uh yeah, no, you know, and, and now that I think about it, like, I'm sure they wrote this script and it was more or less for people around their age when they were writing it because it just, it was yeah. more in tune with what they were dealing with at the time. But it's what like, it came yeah, to is like like very much like, like a 20 years old, like, if you know, if you didn't go to post-secondary and you were just hanging out with your buddies smoking weed all the time. Uh, like, I think it was, I think the demographic they ended up reaching was probably a lot different 
than what they wanted to. And maybe yeah. that's why the producers and stuff like that and everyone that was funding it was kind of like, well, we have to change this, we have to change that. And maybe that's why they were disappointed that it kind of turned into more of a, uh, we'll call it a young adult stoner film. Like a yeah, like more of a silly, like slapstick comedy yeah. than maybe what they were trying to say. And we're just kind of like, I mean, I watched it a lot and like that went over my head at the time. But is that uh, not the demographic for all stoner movies? Like even if you look at Pineapple Express, like he's dating a chick in high school. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like I he's older and he's got a job and he's just like, oh yeah, I fucking serve people papers. It's fantastic. I had to dress up and fuck around and blah, blah, blah. And it seems fun. But then towards the end of it, it was kind of like, yeah, that's not really, this isn't really good. You know what I mean? Like it was, there's always that realization like, oh shit. Okay. Maybe I've been doing yeah, things I guess wrong. Way it's like, and that that's the best thing of it is like, if the, like most coming of age stories are like, kids becoming adult like it's like teens you know what i mean like like late or like high points school. in your life where you realize like okay i need there's more but for this yeah but for this it's like it's a man in his mid-20s who realizes that maybe he should be like you know looking for more in life than just getting high with his childhood friends so it's like a coming of age story for someone who like missed the boat the last couple <laughs> times that he had the the opportunity to grow up yeah which really is like I mean, that's something I can relate to, too, and definitely could have back then. Like, you, know what, you know what? This is one of the things that I, I constantly think to myself in movies. It's kind of like, there's there's a, a few things, but I mean, it was mostly kind of like, I always wonder what happened to the people that aren't the main characters going forward, right? And when you have franchises that last, like, God, like eight movies or whatever, it's like, ah, I don't give a fuck at this point. But, like, you always kind of think, like, well, now that Thurgood's with Mary Jane and they got Kenny out of jail... Is the guy on the couch now Dave Chappelle's character? You know what I mean? Like, is it just the three yeah, of those guys living it. together, smoking weed, and they're just they're like, all Fuck. they're in front of Billy Bob Thornton, and yeah. there's like one, there's one mouthpiece no one's on, so like, hey, guy on the couch, you want to come hit this yeah. Billy Bob Thornton? He's like, Fuck, man, I've been living here for nine months, and nobody's offered to let me smoke Billy Bob Thornton yet. Hell yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I've always, I've always that, that's one of those things that kind of leaves me wanting. I'm kind of like, hmm. You know, that, that would be interesting to see how the, the, the lives of the people that weren't the main, main characters kind of developed after. And it was definitely those... movies that aren't part of a franchise, or maybe there's just one or two, um, can definitely get you thinking like that. Sometimes the, the experience of the movie is the better for it. Yeah. Because it just leaves it open-ended for you to kind of interpret what might happen. Um, I, I love those kind yeah. of cliffhanger endings on shit like that, though, man. I love that. Because I, I, love, I love that, you know, taking history in school... It was one of those things where you're like, what if, what if? And now you never get into what if history in school because it's just not, it's not academic. But um, when but you start awesome. like thinking about it, like it, that was a really fun thing to do when you get baked and you could like create your own kind of like narrative on what would have happened and how it would have gone down and stuff like that. But I feel like a lot of that gets just left in the wind. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I love that kind of interpretations you can make on, on, situations like that like I think it'd be hilarious if they made like a like another half-baked like say they made one like five or six years later and it was like Thurgood we need you to come back and do all this he's like man I got a fucking family now I can't be smoking weed oh so it's like Sister Act 2 back in the habit yeah (laughs) (laughs) like there there are some things I wish they'd franchise or any other music teacher uh, for some reason so they're like well we obviously have to make Whoopi Goldberg pretend to be a nun 
even though nobody's life is in danger at this point, and it's kind of an immoral thing to do and not very Catholic at all. But the but... sister act made so much money, we have to make another one. That's... <laughs> and that's what it's all about. And that's why we yeah. ask for $120 million for that Sonic movie. Because well, yeah. that way we can spend 10 and then use the other 110 the, for the next movie. For the next <laughs> pocket, movie. Pocket the difference. I like that you think we're getting off, like, you can't even do an indie film for like $10 million now. We're going to do an animated film, like mixes animation and live action, and is overly stylized like no, Sin now, City. Now is the perfect time, because you can hire everyone for, for intern experience. Like, this is a non-paying saying, position. They're like, what I'm do you mean? Saying, I'm doing the entire movie. Like, this is a non-paying work. position. <laughs> Listen, I'm saying this. If the budget is $10 million, we are not getting Joseph Gordon-Levitt. You're going to have to take that off the tape. You don't think I could pull off Joseph Gordon-Levitt? I don't think I could. But if you think you, I could, you I know, believe... Who could pull it off? Like you pre- <laughs> wait, wait. So what you're positing is that you play Shadow, the voice of Shadow doing an impression of Joseph Gordon-Levitt. That's that's the gist of it. Because then we haven't gotten Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I was talking about actually getting Joseph Gordon-Levitt. No, but I want... I want Jeff, right, you can't do for $10 million. I want Joseph Gordon-Levitt money. So that's why we need $120 million. I'll get acting lessons. Yeah, but we How still about haven't gotten him. Like, no, no, I'll get, him, a, I'll get him for acting lessons. And we'll be like, acting yeah. lessons by Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And we can put his name in the credits. We can put it on the goddamn... VHS cover because I think it's only going to ever make it to VHS. This is getting released on VHS. <laughs> no, laser disc. It's going to get released no, no, on no, laser not disc. Only is it not going to theaters? Not going to streaming? Not going to Blu-ray or DVD? It's going right to VHS. Maybe we can work out a deal with Netflix where they mail it out. Still, I don't know. <laughs> do they Netflix do? never mailed VHS. I don't think. Like <laughs> Pat. This is groundbreaking stuff. We're going to do something that Netflix has never done. Because it feels like it's a very big step backwards. Sometimes you have... Sometimes you have to... I don't know, man. I, I got nothing on this. It's a, is it a bad idea? Maybe. Well, we don't know. We haven't tried it yet. We haven't tested the market. I think that's the biggest thing. And that's why we the need 120 million. VHS tapes. We'll, we'll spend $110 million in in research and development. And then we'll spend ten million dollars on everything else. I, you know, I don't see a single reason why Paramount Pictures will not agree to this today. Do you need Paramount? I think you just need Netflix. I think that I mean Paramount released the Sonic movie, so we yeah. want it to listen. Well, let's. Here's the thing: we want it to be in the same cinematic universe, right? No, it doesn't. Have no, to. I mean, it doesn't have to be. We should get Nintendo to fund it. No, no, no. Here's the, I mean, here's the thing. We want it to be in the same... What I'm thinking is, right, you want it to be in the same cinematic universe because then, like, you know how, like, with, with the, if Marvel's any indication of how this is going to work, like, you, you like, do your job in the one movie and, like, you cash your check and you think that's it, and then you get a huge, like, opportunity eight years later that no one ever saw coming. Pat, and they need it to be you because you're already in that universe. I'm picking up what you're putting down. We need Sonic to be played by Tobey Maguire. <laughs> this is perfect. I, I, who needs Joseph Gordon-Levitt when we can get the OG Spider-Man? 
You mean you mean Shadow? Because you said Sonic. No, we're the doing, Son- sorry we're, for the the Sonic franchise of movies that we're going to produce. Obviously, yeah, we need because we're doing Shadow the Hedgehog. We need Shadow to be played by. I can apparently now it's Tobey Maguire, which I think is a terrible choice. Doesn't matter. We just need we just need Tobey Maguire. Because... That's why Tropic Thunder was such a success. I don't know if you remember his his scenes in Tropic Thunder, but my God! Oh yes, now I do. That took me a second. I'm like, Toby Maguire wasn't in Tropic, Thunder, but oh, he was. <laughs> he was. What is it? The Satan's Alley? <laughs> yeah, him and Robert Downey Jr. won the coveted starring Crying Toby Monkey Clark. Award. Starring what was it? Starring Academy Award winner Kirk Lazarus and MTV Movie Awards Best Kiss winner Toby yeah. Maguire. <laughs> Excellent. And I still can't get over they won that coveted crying monkey award. I have no idea what the fuck that's all about, but it, it just they probably that, made it. That fucking movie made me laugh harder than and because mostly because Jack Black was in it was the reason I was like I got to get behind this. But then movie. everything about that movie was fucking good. What's that guy's name? Jay something? Uh Jay Bearshell. Yeah. He is fucking yeah. hilarious too, man. And he's Canadian. Yeah, he is. He is, and he's I remember seeing on, he's like on all over like kids TV, on like the Canadian channels back in the day. I think he was on like the New Adventures of Lassie or something. Was that a Canadian show? No idea. I, he was on. He was on some stuff. Like he was on some the, stuff. The I reason, watched the reason I agreed to do Half Baked is because I spent the majority of my adolescence high as a goddamn kite. So it Man, just seemed fitting. Half. You know what? Half Baked was a mistake. Was it though? Like there was some things I wanted to bring up. Like oh, like that whole scene where they were smoking with old James. You know, like the first I time mean, they us, smoked weed. I mean, us doing half baked for this episode was a mistake. I feel like, <laughs> like I'm not. I don't know. There's lots of like podcasts and stuff out there. That, like specifically does like bad movies or movies that they think didn't age well or something. Like, I don't know. I've had less fun talking about half baked than I have anything else like i like talking about sonic last time a lot more yeah i I think this this one might have missed this one might have missed the mark i think at around the hour and a half mark i was kind of like i'm glad we haven't touched on this movie a lot because it just really didn't and i'm like i don't want to go back to it and here's the thing here's the thing is that the rest of the episode i liked the movie but i i don't care for it anymore (laughs) you know what i mean like it held a special place growing up uh, and being a big stoner, it was it was a fucking hilarious film, but now like that we're talking about it, we had talked about it. I was kind of like, yeah. The and that's real, the yeah, real only obvious. thing that blew my mind watching it again was the star-studded cast: John Stewart, Snoop Dogg, Willie Nelson, Stephen Baldwin, Guillermo, Janine Garofalo, uh, um, right? There? Tommy Chong, Bob Saget, uh, Stephen Wright. Like all all these big names, and 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 the only thing that really struck me when I was watching it again really was the fact that it's like holy shit. Like I don't know if any of these people besides Willie Nelson, Snoop Dogg, and and Tommy Chong even smoke weed, but it was just like it was really funny oh, to see. Garoppolo definitely smokes weed. So like in terms of weed films, this was kind of like The Departed of weed films, if I may, in terms of like. That makes the, a lot of sense. The caliber, the caliber of people that you had in it, right? Like when you look Being at the Departed, the Departed like a great is underutilized cast. The Departed blew my mind when when I was like, like, Jesus Christ, man! The amount of fucking famous people in that. Like, I wonder what the budget was for the Departed. 
or if all these people read the script and they're like, yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll do this for a discounted rate. This is going to be a fantastic movie. They had so many fucking absolute fucking stars in this show. In that, in that show. And so yeah. like that, that's why that's the only reason I can kind of consider this like the, the stoners version of the departed. Uh, I'm, I'm into it, I think, because it's not as good as a lot of other stoner films, but it's it's good enough. I think I think maybe, may, and maybe this is another one of the reasons that I was kind of like into it is because it was like the first stoner film I remember, and maybe that's how a lot of these people felt too. They're kind of like, this is a, maybe they read the script before it got changed. Um, you know what I mean? They read it and they're like, this is fucking hilarious. And like, yeah, so many people smoke weed. I don't see what the big fucking deal is. Like, if we do this, it might normalize things a little bit. Yeah. And, and then it, here's, it, what I, here's what I think about Half-Baked. All right. L- lay it on me. Let me know what you think. And this is kind of, um, this is what I've come to after X glasses of whiskey and, and uh, talking about it for X, for N hours. Don't hold back. Uh, yeah. Is like Half-Baked at this point in my life, at least, is kind of kind of appropriately, it's it's reached the the point where it's kind of like that buddy, that was like when you were young and stupid, you were like best buddies, and then you kind of got your act together, you finished school, you got a job, you got a steady girlfriend that you married, and then you got further down the down the way and matured a little bit, and then you're like, you know, like let me check out that one bar I used to hang out at, and you go there. And that buddies that you haven't seen in forever is still there. And you're like, oh, man, what's up? I haven't seen you in forever. He's like, oh, man, I can't go home tonight because my mom's mad because she found out I stole all of her Oxycontin or something. It's like, okay, well, we're 33, so I'm going to go this It's appropriate timing. I stole all my mom's Oxycontin. The doctor overprescribed her, and now we're both fucking junkies and shit. She's mad because I took more than I was supposed to, and... I'm just laughing because it reminds me of, like Matthew McConaughey, the man. Like, you know what I love about high school girls, man? I keep yeah. getting older; they stay the same age. And you're like, that's yeah. your fucking loser friend who, at 35, is still trying to pick up on chicks who are fresh out of high school. Yeah, and you're just exactly. Like, the guy who's like, he's he like early, you know, early in adulthood. This, this, and that is cool, and he just never realizes you're supposed to move on from that. Yeah. So it's like in his thirties, just being like, "Fuck yeah!" Like this is cool, right, you guys? And it's like, uh, "No, I'm going home to my family." Yeah, the guys who peaked when they were like eighteen and they never really gained any life skills to do anything with themselves. Yeah, or just any perspective, like to just be like, "Well, maybe I shouldn't be just like a, a stupid drunk eighteen-year-old stoner for the rest of my life." They're like, "No, being a stupid drunk eighteen-year-old stoner is cool, right, you guys? Right? Like, we all used to think so in two thousand four. They're that weird, weird creeper at like spring break in Florida, who's yeah. like thirty-five. Like, hey, I love to fucking party, man. I knew, I knew how to play the drums in high school, and they try to play, and everyone's just like, we don't like the drums anymore. We like, we like <laughs> we other don't. instruments that are all electronic. Well, weird stance for people to take. We don't like the drums anymore. I don't know, man. I'm trying, I'm trying to make a point here. What I'm basically saying is like, he's just like, oh, you guys love." Red Hot Chili Peppers and like Red and the Who and the Fuck What? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's better. <laughs> it's just one of those things, man, where it's like, you know, you, you get stuck in that age. I, I feel bad for people like that, man. I like, mean, yeah, but like it is what it is. Some people just don't move on and they're gonna. I, I, th- I think it comes from gaining life skills and you start to learn 
more about yourself and what you're capable of and and then you, you kind of get that different perspective you know what i mean mm-hmm. I, I don't think it really comes from like oh i just never really had the perspective to change it's like i never really learned enough to change i think that's those kind of people right yeah it's like i never they just i guess they just didn't level up no they didn't so you've got, they like, didn't. You got to gain the x experience points to level up and then when you level up you get a perk your character's designed a perk and now your character is capable of more things but like any other video game so so it's kind of like that it's progressively harder right it's just like learn learning i guess but it gets progressively harder in games right and that's why you have to level up Mm -hmm. right and these people are like no i'm comfortable here at level three let's just keep doing level three shit it's like well you don't gain experience for doing level three shit when you've been level three for fucking 10 years Try something yeah. different. And they're like, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, and then you're like level six or seven, and you go back, and you're just like out or something, and you see them, or you go back to your hometown, and you're just like, hey, what's up? You know, I'm just hanging out doing level seven shit. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, my mom's mad at me because. I'm trying to think <laughs> if I know anyone like that now. I don't. I don't. You like, do. like, I don't. I, I, you do. I, I know people. But I don't know no people. Like I'm not friends with anyone like that. I mean, you think that until until you run into you're gonna be home for Christmas and you're gonna run into one of home them, for, and you're man. gonna and you're just gonna be like sometimes it's not someone you've thought of in a while sometimes, right? But it's someone who's like important to you at a certain point, and then when you see them, uh, it just reminds you, oh, all those good times we had. Well, like, what's up with you? And they're just like, ah, oh, gee, ugh, well, you my know, girlfriend's like pissed at me because she's going to college next year and like i don't want to come with her because i'm like well my mom charges me like 300 bucks for rent so it's and you're just like oh okay well you've made me very sad i feel like i might have come off to uh to some friends like that when i came back from school every once in a while i feel like i was that person for a bit like there was a phase where like i feel like i spent too much time at level three I, no, for like, me, it was kind of like, I feel like when I would come home from school and like, you know, I'd finish all my exams and shit like that. And like, I wasn't really going hard during exam season, but then when I'd go home for like three weeks, it was like, fuck yeah, I'm home for three weeks. I have no responsibilities. I'm just hanging out at my parents' house. Everything's paid for. I'm just going to go fucking ham. And I, I was probably like twenty. Well, yeah, but you could 22. tell. Like, but you, it was you, different you at twenty one. Someone's like back for the back for the week or something, and they're just you know they're you know with the parents or or if that's their whole lifestyle, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. And it's not always it's not always even like living with your parents. Sometimes it's like living in a shitty one bedroom apartment where you don't have enough furniture, or like and, your roommates uh, with people that you don't know, but you have to live with them. Exactly. Yeah. That always blew my mind. Like, your kitchen's always fucking dirty, and, like, you got one shitty futon and a TV that's not even on a TV stand, and, like... You know what I did today? I cleaned up my my kitchen, cleaned up all the floors in my house, so I entertained my kid enough and got him watching some show upstairs, and I I was able to vacuum the basement. Like, yeah, life is different now. (laughs) I don't know if it's better. Excuse me. Don't get me wrong, like, there's there's a small part of me that would be like, it would be cool as shit just to be hanging out with my buddies, getting high as fuck, and, and drinking in the day with no responsibilities, but at the same time, it's kind of like, well, it's like what you said about Half-Baked, like, how long can you fucking do that before it just loses its edge? Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, like, the grass is and always like, greener. Not even like, and at one point, like, like you're you're worried. Something that's what a midlife crisis is, right? Like you go through all these changes, and you think, like, well, is this better? Like, would I've been better off, like, just continuing to live it up? And it's like, you know, in a sense, it's like it doesn't have to be better. Like, I don't think I was, I, when yeah. I was five years old, I was perfectly happy coming home from school and like having a juice box and some more slices and jamming out some Sesame Street and then like coloring some pictures and then going down for my nap. And that was awesome. Like, that's good. Like, and, and it's like, it's not like necessarily that, like, if I move on from that, I have to think like that was bad. Because that's great for a five-year-old, but I'm not five anymore, and I've got to be doing some not five-year-old shit. And it's the same when you're, like, 25. Like, you're not 18 anymore, so you can't be still doing some 18-year-old shit. You know, you it know where all... The shit, like, it doesn't mean that it was bad that you were doing those things. It just means that's not where you are anymore. You know where I'll tell you the lapse is? Is on naps. What? It's on naps. Oh, dude, man, listen. It's, I don't, it's I don't get like almost 1.30 in my time zone right now on a Thursday so you better believe I took a nap today just so I can stay up for this shit. It was amazing. That is that is my point. I don't get naps. I don't get to, I don't get to nap. If I do, my kid could fucking get into some shit or literally pull shit out of his diaper. Like I can't I can't take naps. I don't get naps anymore. And I think that's that's where the grass is greener in that that sense At right some there. Point, you know what's funny? At some point in this podcast, it's gonna be I'm gonna have like a two-year-old and you're gonna have like a seven-year-old and you're gonna be like my kid's finally independent and i'm gonna be like i'm tired all the fucking time and you're gonna be like, yes. right you'll, now I'm just, you'll find out and i've been drinking this whiskey since 3 p.m and it's totally fucking fine who cares and you're just like god damn it i was watching like give a mouse a cookie all day whatever, i was but, i was watching fucking yeah. cookie mouse today and Morphle. I mean, That's another terrible show. I'm gonna have, eventually, I'm going to have a baby that i got to like change diapers, and your kid's going to be like getting on his bike and fucking off the whole day and leaving you alone. And you're yeah. going to be like, ah! And it'll be bittersweet. And I'm like, Pat, I miss those days, man. Hold on to those days. And you're going to be like, give me I'm a fucking like, break. I'm sorry, what did you say? Yeah. Like, no, come I over here and babysit. If you miss it so much, if you miss it so much, come over here and fucking yeah, deal with you it. you miss it so much, this is your baby now. And that's the way it goes, man. It's fucking hilarious. It, it is hilarious like that. And like, you know what? That's the exact thing we were just talking about. Like, it moves on. Like, life moves on. And, like, it doesn't mean that it's... It, it, just because you move from one thing to the next, right? Just because you move from being a dumb teenager to, uh, like, a young adult getting their stuff together to being, like, an adult in your 30s, raising a family, um, it doesn't mean that where you just came from is bad. It just means you have to keep moving. It just means things are different, and I, I think things a lot of people struggle with change. Is good. Change is good. Like change is absolutely people, like, good. Evolution. If you, yeah, if you if you stop and you just stay in the same place, then it just yeah it, it gets uh, to be like exhausting. Like it loses, uh, it you just lose the joy out of it. Right? You lose, you, you it, lose the edge. You, you lose the enjoyment. Um, I think when yeah when you're talking about losing the edge it's like you you lose it stops being fresh so you got to do something else like mm -hmm. when I stopped smoking weed I did it because like it was I was bored I was like sometimes it would make me anxious and nervous yeah it stopped yeah it stopped like adding something to my life and started taking something away and I kind of had to realize like I haven't enjoyed this for a long time I'm just doing it like I'm waking up and like smoking a bowl and rolling a few joints to go about my day. I'm doing that not because I like it. It's just because it's all I really know. It's because of what so I'm used to. Like, 
I do it because I'm used to it. I do it because it's what I do. And I just kind of had to make the decision. You know what? I, I want to see what's next. So I'm yeah. going to stop doing this to see what else comes in. And it was great. And it, it was a lot better. And um, I, I think it's I think, kind of the same thing with half yeah. Like, yeah. I used to like movies like this and maybe that's perfectly fine. This movie doesn't suck. This movie isn't like a mistake that they should never have made or anything. But it was a perfect like, movie made for a perfect time in our lives, I think. Is, is exactly. Put but now that, watching yeah. it as like a 34-year-old man who can't smoke weed without like having a panic attack and he's <laughs> yeah. like moved on to different stuff. It's like it's it doesn't hold that kind of joy and Pat, for me. Pat, I agree with you, man. The last time I smoked weed, I get, I get super anxious, man. I can't deal. I, I, I don't like it. Half-baked. What just a good shut-your-brain-off movie. It kind of is like it still still does like I I kind of shit on it more than you did all throughout tonight and kind of like I said will... like this is something this is something I've left behind and I've outgrown and everything and on a level that's true like it's it's like like I I made the comparison like this is like the friend uh from your from your youth that you've outgrown and unfortunately even though you've moved on to bigger and better things they've stayed the same immature childish person. But it's it's got like it's a silly movie, and it it's is. a fun it's it's a fun watch. It's like, a it very was, fun watch. Kind of fun, like the final. The, it's it's over the top in all the right ways, really. Like so, like it's a good movie to put on and just like waste an afternoon if you're mindless, hungover, mindless. have on the background if you're cooking or whatever. Like yeah, it's it's got some good laughs in there, and the final scene, like the final big fight scene with the the piranha on the neck. When he throws Oh the... my god, Dave Chappelle, <laughs> I didn't even get in that. Dave Chappelle kills oh. a woman with a piranha. How about that? Yo, your titties out. Fully, yeah. man. Fully. Now that's a titty. <laughs> that's a titty. That's a full on fully, man. Yeah, oh man. Dave Chappelle picks a piranha out of a... there's a woman, I think it's it's not the nunchuck woman. No, it's... no, it's not. It's the crossbow chick, I'm pretty sure. It's the cross almost positive. Chick, it's yeah. a crossbow chick, and then Thurgood pulls the piranha out and throws it yeah. on her neck, and she. We should probably explain. Like some people might be watching or listening who didn't see the movie. So uh, at the end of the movie, um, Dave and his buddies are in trouble because they've been selling weed and like stepping on the toes of this Samson, uh, who's uh, who's the biggest uh, drug dealer in town. So. Um, a couple of detectives set them up with a wire. They go in there and like it goes south, and they have to fight all of his like sexy uh, vixen uh, martial arts chicks. Yeah, uh, yeah, but it only goes south because they end up smoking weed in the van, and the cops on duty, like listening to the undercover operation, are so cover. fucking toasted that they're not even listening yeah. to what's going on. They're just they're just doing their own thing. Yeah, so they so they get what they need with Dave Chappelle wearing the wire and then they say the like the code Abracadabra because they uh, that's that's what's going to bring the cops in to uh to uh like uh bust them, right? Once they got they got enough on on tape, so they say Abracadabra. Abracadabra, man, you know what I'm saying? Abracadabra, they keep saying it. The cops don't show up. Abracadabra, when he lifts his shirt up and like, yeah. slim. Yeah, so it makes him like pull the shirt open. And they see the wire, like all these like uh, these uh, like uh, chicks that Samson has that are like his henchmen. One of them has no checks. One of them have the crossbow, and they all beat the shit out of these guys. And these stores have to fight these like. It was Marshall. a total scene, like it was a total Batman scene, right? Like a classic Batman, like the power oh, thwap. Oh, it had theme going, not the theme. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It, that, it, it was funny. 
I thought, I thought it was funny. I, I think it's funny that you bring that up like in that sense that like it's just like perfect to turn on for a mindless evening. And that's exactly what it is, man. It's it's entertainment with no face value. Like it yeah. wasn't it wasn't yeah, like I these guys little... were going for an Oscar. Do you know what I mean? Like it was like I want to be a little chill on it, like I was doing before, because like there is, like, I mean, like there's the fact that like uh, stoner movies like have their lifespan, and then like that that's kind of like coming to a close. And their niche uh, market, I think, in terms of who's going to go see it. It's a very niche market, but I think it's like a, a decreasing niche market. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, like Dave and Neil wrote this script that they thought was the greatest thing they'd ever done before or since. And Jim Brewer agreed, like he was totally convinced by the script to come on to this and it was going to be a great movie. And, and, and then, you know. Let's be Cameron honest. They were, they, this was probably a lot of their own, their own only breaks in terms of independent at the, uh, at comedy the time, at the sure, time yeah. yeah now Dave, like now dave Chappelle or neil brennan can walk in and pitch whatever and they'll be like well you're dave Chappelle and neil brennan yeah but, so yes. but they're also not arlen williams and they're not fucking guillermo and they're not uh they're not jim brewer like they don't i don't think they have that same ability as where you found the breakout in the creative genius that you found in Dave Chappelle, and I don't, I don't think that Neil or Dave found that until the Chappelle Show. I'm not saying well, that the we'll never, they wrote... we'll never really know, right? Because like the movie they wanted to make really didn't get made. To be fair, right. yeah, yeah, but that doesn't Dave mean that, Neil that doesn't mean that it wasn't perceived as like baked. them not being we never, good. We never got a chance to see the half baked that Dave and Neil wrote. We really never did. You'd like, think if they uh, were really upset about it, they would have released the real script. Like it would have been leaked, well, like think, not through well, them. They, but like, you know what? They they probably first of all they probably did release the real script. I'm sure you can find it out there. Okay. Second of all, I don't think they're upset about it because they both got paid. Like this movie made money. They both got paid for it, and they really like before then they had been like writing stand up, right? Like they were writing mm-hmm. partners. And Dave was doing stand up. Like this was a you know big break for the both of them. Now that you're saying that kind of stuff, and you're talking about, like weed things being like a niche market now that i think about it a lot of the weed movies that are going to come out now are based during this time frame but they're dramas right like what was that midsummer 90s whatever that um ah fuck what's his name the guy that he used to be fucking really big uh 21 jump street um oh my god 21 jump street the movie Yes, yes, but it was the, uh, it was the fat guy, and I hate to call him that. Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. He fucking killed it with this movie about like a '90s culture skateboard. Oh yeah, him. Was it the one with him and Miles Teller, like the drummer kid from? Uh, no, no, no. Life? He wasn't. He wasn't in this movie. He didn't. He wasn't in this movie. He he wrote it. It was like '90s something like. 90 i want to say like 90s midsummer's dream i don't know it has some fucking weird title um but it was basically about like a kid as an adolescent like a 12 year old growing up in the 90s being like a skate punk and it was like when all this iconic hip-hop music was coming out and like just being a fucking punk fuck i wish you know i wish we were doing fact checks on this because it was it was a fantastic film um but it was crazy. So it was like this younger kid growing up. He had an older brother, but he fell in with this crowd of kids that really liked him. And he was like a kid who was trying to impress all these kids that were older than him. 
And he ended up impressing them, and they started taking him around, and they were hanging out, and they were doing all this shit, and the soundtracks were dope. And it was like, it was crazy, because it kind of like, that's what it was like growing up in the 90s, man. Like, you know, you didn't have fucking internet shit. Like, you weren't on social media and stuff. It was well before that. Fuck. It reminded me of that movie that was done by those kids that did uh, the movie Kids. Right? So it was like a skater punk. You should watch the movie Kids. I think it was made early 90s. It was like a late 80s, early 90s kind of coming of age for 19 to 18 year old kids kind of deal. And they kind of redid this. Like Jonah Hill redid this. I think he produced it or directed it or something like that. But uh, it was a fantastic film, man. Fantastic. No, I feel bad, but like, yeah, all, all your references are going over my head at this point. It was, yeah, no, maybe I should, like, my phone's dead, otherwise I'd Google the shit out of it right now, but... Uh, oh, no, you better not. No, I'm I not can't, because my phone's dead, which is why I'm not going to pursue even it any further. Was, even if your phone wasn't dead, you can't just be Googling you can't, stuff. You can't just be fact-checking on this podcast. You can't, yeah, that's, any Google, any Google search is a fact-check, and then fact-checks are just... Fair, and they're out, they're out. Um, I really wish I remembered the the name of this movie. Uh, it was good. Well, maybe we'll talk about it later uh, when we're not live. We'll find but... out later on. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe in the next episode. Who knows? Yeah. Um, I will say this: since we're getting like, uh, I, I feel like we're probably winding down at some point soon enough. We're, we're nearing it's an been, ending point. Oh, it's, we we. Well, been... This has been our longest episode so far. So far, we just hit three three hours and forty eight minutes. We did. We did. This is so an I will say moment. this. I will say this. Um, last time we watched a movie and talked about it, it was Sonic the Hedgehog. There was a mid-credit scene with uh, Tails being introduced for the sequel as a setup for the sequel, and you missed it. I did. You said no, did. you didn't know it was a thing, and you totally missed the mid-credit scene. Did you watch the end of the credits in half baked? No, nope. nope. no, not this time. So did you miss the end credit scene that comes at the end of all the, like the very end of all the credits of Half-Baked? You know what? I did, but I'm sure as soon as you mention it, I'll be like, oh yeah, oh yeah, that happened. So, Maybe, I don't know. I don't even know if I remember this one. I don't think I do. I don't think I've ever watched Wait, so are you just making shit up at this point? What? Are you making shit up at this point? No, no, I, I watched it, like, when I watched it yesterday, Okay. I watched the end of the credits, I saw there was an end credits scene, mm-hmm. and it's, it's not important or, or good, or, or it's, I, I wrote down it's the most unnecessary stinger scene ever, Yeah. but I watched it, like, I was, I was sitting there watching it, and I thought, uh, like, the credit, you know, the movie ended, the credits were rolling, and I was like, okay, good, whatever, and um, I was going to turn it off, and I thought, like, you know what, Jeff missed the end credit scene, the last movie we did, maybe I should watch to the end of the credits just to be safe. And I think I fast forward to the end. This is on oh, Netflix. Okay. So okay. Fast forward from Netflix yep. to the end. And surprise, surprise, there, there's a, there's an end credit scene right after all the credits are, are done playing. And it's got Dave Chappelle and all the guys who played his buddy. So it's got Dave, it's got Jim Brewer, it's got Arlen Williams uh, and Guillermo. Harlan Williams, Guillermo Diaz, Jim Brewer. And yeah. it's got all the actors that played them as kids, right? Because the first scene of this movie is when they're kids. Oh, okay, so, yeah. It's got all of them and all of the actors as kids. 
And Dave's sitting there on the couch, and he says, hey there, I'm Dave Chappelle. And uh, I can't remember exactly what he says. I'm Dave Chappelle, and if you want to learn more about uh, illicit drugs, you can visit your local library, because the more you learn, the smarter you are. Right, everybody? And they all go, yeah, and they high-five, and they're just like, yes, good for us. <laughs> and then it's over. And it's the most... I don't, I don't remember that scene at all. And I've seen that movie so many times. I, 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 I feel like I might have seen that once, and I can just imagine it happening. But like, I don't think I've seen it before. I think, I think yesterday might have been the first time. It seems a little bit fucking ridiculous. I'm not gonna lie. It reminds me of that Chappelle episode where they're doing like the Sesame Street thing, and it's just like the fucking heroin junkies. Like, no, but they do it like yeah. straight, and it nods oh, off in the that. middle of the Sesame Street thing. Oh, like, what was that? What was that called? Knee High Park. Um, yes, Snoop Dogg played the uh, the voice of the one of the puppets. How'd you get that from fucking? From fucking. <laughs> I got so much puppet ass it could be from anywhere. <laughs> He's like, I have what's known as a venereal disease. Then he pulls his pants down. He's got a fucking and, like, like shit hanging uh, from his dick. <laughs> like and like someone in the props department of that show made a like made a puppet like sewed up a puppet and was like made a let's make sure this is dick. anatomically correct and that puppet has a penis how'd you get that from fucking i just i remember that being <laughs> fucking hilarious it's just like how do you I think, think you get venereal diseases right when he pulls down his pants to show like he's got this like weird like Pustule on his penis. Oh, it was <laughs> fucked. It was fucked. And one of the kids is just like, like on screen, like just pukes. <laughs> Which, to be honest, the movie I made the most notes on was the movie I wanted to talk about the least when it came down to it. Right. Um, like, no, I think I think we got to stay. That's why I don't think we're like every other podcast is like we're talking about bad movies, make jokes about it. Like, I feel like we gotta like be excited, like because we're going real long. Yeah, like these episodes are way too long. We gotta be excited to talk about what we're talking about, so we gotta stick to the hits. I think this is a good movie podcast. I think we're gonna we're gonna go with classics, man. So far, we've been hitting classics. I think if we start to narrow it down, we're gonna get a lot. I think it's at like it. the average man's classics because if you talk about like the cinephiles' classics, they're like, oh, The Godfather, Citizen Kane. I don't give Citizen a fuck Kane, about that. Citizen Kane, exactly. Yeah. Like the most pretentious movie that's ever been pretentious. No, no, no. I want to talk about like The Rock. Let's do The Rock for one episode, man. Yeah, that let's do fucking the Sean Connery. We're Nicholas like, you know Cage. what? We're like, we're like. I want to. I just want to be like the number one movie podcast for stupid dads. Yeah, wouldn't that be great? It's like we pulled one one hundred stupid dads, and seventy five of them said that Forced to Be Social was their favorite movie podcast. Yeah. Dads around the world are really stoked on Force to be Social's reviews. Oh, stupid dads, though. Yeah. They're a lot of, like... It's like, know, like, like, like the dads and family guy. Intellectual, like... cinephile dads, and if, if you're one of those, you're not welcome here, so turn this off right now and don't fucking come back. How old's your kid? Older than mine? Fuck you. <laughs> well, that's a little much. No, no, it's perfect. <laughs> It's perfect. It's exactly the kind of it's crap cool. we're trying to bring in. The people that are like, well, fuck you, fuck you. And then it's like, <laughs> I guess. Like New England. I'm saying there's a lot New of stupid dads, dads who have kids older than your kid. That's not right? possible. I've checked out scientific documents. It's just not possible. All right. 
all right, well, whatever no, you say. But that... No, no, I, I totally agree with you. It's it's about, and this is the thing about being relatable. I'm not going to sit here and talk about Citizen fucking Kane. I don't enjoy that shit. Can it we promise right now we'll never do it? We will never do an episode on Citizen Kane. No, because I'll never fucking watch that. I might watch it, but yeah. I'll never do an episode on it. I would never watch it and tell people I watched it. <laughs> I think that that's a fair statement. I would I would Be much rather discuss shit like The Matrix, uh, Terminator Two, Back to the Future Part Three. You know what? I've 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 grown. I've enjoyed them. Back to the Futures. They're good. Oh, they're fantastic. Yeah, they're I, I don't know good. if I talk about them on on this, but. Uh, that was like shit my dad grew up with. At least one of them. You know what I mean? I feel like it's more or less like hit the notes with what we know, what we grew up with. Uh, things that might have missed our mark by five to ten years, and you've got yeah. fucking tens of thousands of movies just to talk about. Yeah. I yeah. No, I think we're I think we're on the same page when it comes to that. Like we're not the Citizen Kane podcast. We're the fucking Point Break podcast. If we wanted to talk... Okay, so here's the thing. You want to talk about Oscar nominations? What's going to happen with us is we're going to literally shit over every movie that won an Oscar and be like, that was trash. It was just trash. And and we're going to oh, be... Oh, that'd be amazing. We could well, do this. something won an Oscar that I liked. I mean... No. No. Nothing I like wins an Oscar. Oscar. Because nothing I like is Oscar-worthy. I'm saying the Princess Bride won an Oscar. Did it? Yeah. What for? Like best cinematography, best picture. Okay. Well, that you know what? Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I could see that when the dude's rolling down the hill. That's that's the scene that that earned it. Yeah. Was it actually? No. Of course not. <laughs> Fucking inconceivable. <laughs> I don't believe you. Inconceivable! That's not a good impression. Because the intellectual would have switched the glass of my eyes. You know what? I always try to do a, an impression of Wallace Shawn in that movie, and it oh, ends, ends up sounding like it ends up sounding like Choose Goose from Adventure Time. Dude, he was in an episode of Law and Order SVU. Choose and, Goose. Uh, inconceivable. Whatever his fucking name was, Shawn Wallace. You said. Wallace Sean. Wallace Sean. Sorry. Uh, by the way, we're at four twenty-one for the recording. Um, oh, we fucked it. Oh well. Yeah, we did. We did. We we'll, got we'll, high. We'll close we it forgot. out. We'll close it out after these closing statements. Um, he was in an episode of SVU, and I was watching it, and the whole time, Jill and I were just laughing. We're like, "Oh fuck!" All I can imagine him saying is inconceivable, and we're laughing because it's just like. I didn't rape that girl. We're like, it would be inconceivable. <laughs> I'm going to try again. Like, this is my best my best attempt. Like, inconceivable. That sounds like Chew's Goose again. It sounds terrible. It sound, I don't, it's not I don't, good. I don't know if like, it's I the microphone or it's you, but it's, he, he's got a deeper voice. But it's like it hits those notes that you couldn't hit unless you were really just him. He, yeah. He would have been like the... Uh, I don't know. I do a good Chew's Goose. Oh, God. What's the SNL character's name? He voices a bunch of shit. Um, he voices Cyril in uh, Archer. 
Oh, Chris Parnell. Chris Parnell. He fucking crushes voice acting. He crushes everything. He's no, 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 no. Voice acting. Like, he was amazing. No, 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 no. He's, he's been amazing he in all of his everything. acting roles. Okay. But, like, when it comes to voice acting, it's just like, that's Chris Parnell. No, 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 Chris Parnell is, like, top-notch voice actor. Up there with the guy who plays Archer and Bob from Bob's Burgers and all the other shit that he's done, Chris Parnell, I think, is one of the greatest voice actors of all time. Uh, he's not, but he's really good. Uh, he's funny. He's a good actor, and I like when he voice acts and things. You're kind of like the one of the best voice actors of all time. Like he always does his own voice. Like, and his voice seems to be perfect for every role he plays. Okay, well, the, the good voice he actor, he, he falls into that category of okay. being like so a fantastic. I'm just gonna keep talking over you because you're yeah, wrong. That 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 fucking bah, Jim Cummings. Bah. Fucking Mark Hamill, fucking Tara oh Strong, God. dude. Oh You're Those are list fucking off voice fucking actors. One off actors June who do shit. And now here's something you'll really enjoy. No, I'm not fucking buying it. I'm not buying it. I'm not. You're not buying it. what exactly? Chris Parnell are... has had more success in voice acting than probably anyone else. I would almost fucking put some. I'd, I'd put my left nut on that, and it's not worth much. But it's worth enough to make you question your your theory. What theory? Uh, that what Chris theory? Parnell is not the best voice actor in the world. He's not. Okay, so who is? Mel Blanc. Yeah, well, you're lying because that's a fake name. It's a made-up name. Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to lose, and I know you can't fact-check, so it's a fake name. Fuck you. I don't need to fucking fact-check. It's yeah, Mel well, fucking well, Blank. Pat, anyone that doesn't know him is just like, this guy's making shit up. He's, no he literally used the word okay, blank I'm getting, in a name. I'm getting mad for real. All right? Like, yeah, oh, have you ever seen it. Looney this Tunes? Get mad. You know who he was get in Looney mad. Tunes? Everybody. Get mad. I want to see I am mad. mad. I'm, I'm extremely mad for real. Like, this is the first time. Like, I know this is why you made this podcast, is to bring this out in me, and it took this many episodes, but we got there. I'm mad for real. I can't fucking believe you said that. You know who Mel Blanc is. You're sitting, you're sitting there saying Chris Parnell is better at cartoons than Mel Blanc. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> podcast complete. We can shut it down now. We got, we got <laughs> Thank you for so tuning bad. into the last episode. <laughs> episode four was the, uh, the, the last installment. Like, people have been listening, and, and they're like, like, you've been saying how much you want to bring me on to do this and people are like why did he say that and now you made me lose my shit for real and people are like oh okay that's what it was oh my god he was deep trolling him the whole time <laughs> fuck you drink your teacher's whiskey see what happens i'm gonna fucking uh, catch you <laughs> ugh, i'm just gonna need more teacher's whiskey now because good oh, god man no that's fantastic that's i'm glad <laughs> this again pat <laughs> I don't want to say it, but this is why I brought you on. This is the reason. Because you you will stand by your convictions in terms of, of this stuff. And again, I feel bad because I have no idea who the fuck I'm talking about when I say he's not the best voice actor. Oh, boy. And that's what probably makes me more upset than anything. It does. 
And that's like, how do you not know who that is? Well, like, okay, so the guy from Bob's Burgers, he played a can of beans on Hot Wet American Summer. Yeah, okay, did he sound like himself? I don't know. I don't know if he's throwing his voice or not. Okay. So who plays I, Archer? I, I, is that the guy, who, the, the guy who plays Archer? Is he throwing his voice? What do you mean by throwing his voice? Is he, like, not talking the way he would normally talk? Like, if you were to listen no, to him at a name, bar no, his with his friends. his John Benjamin. He's the same guy that plays Bob in Bob's Burgers. And yes, just yes. Has sounds, just using his normal voice. So when he's, he's at a bar him. talking with his friends, he sounds the exact same as yes. Bob from Bob's Burgers or Archer yes. from from Archer. Yes, he does. He's not that's putting fantastic. on a voice. It's just how he sounds. Yeah, that's fantastic. And that's fun. I like, listen, I like John Benjamin. Yeah. I think he's funny. I like Archer and I like Bob's Burgers. But if you're saying like, oh, he's a great voice actor. like No, I said well, Chris Parnell is a, a great voice actor. Chris Parnell is the same thing. Chris Parnell was funny as fuck on SNL. He was funny as fuck on like 30 Rock as Dr. Spachemin. Jokes like, on you. Jokes character. on you, Pat. I got Chris Parnell right here. I'm going to bring him over. I'm going to bring Ah, oh, fuck you. <laughs> you know what? Chris Parnell would take my side in this. I'm positive. Probably. But he's a fan. Like, I, I like his voice, man. But yes. Listen, I'm going to try to explain this to you. You're, you're, I don't know Like, if you're going to even listen or no, what. I will just make myself look dumber. But Mel Blanc was like the... He, he did everybody. He did like every cartoon voice that mattered in the 20th century. If if you watch Looney Tunes, he played every character. So he played Buzz Bunny. He played Elmer Fudd. He played Daffy Duck. He played Porky Pig. He played all of them. all Literally all of them. I'm sorry. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Who are all those people? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> He played Dino from the Flintstones, too. Yeah, no, I've never heard of the Flintstones. I think that's a yeah. Mandela effect. I think you're thinking of things that never existed. They existed. <laughs> they just existed in my universe that I just came from. Okay, and not everybody. The Pat might be schizophrenic. We're just going to... We're going we're gonna... <laughs> to... All right. You know what? This no, Pat. Been, we are a mistake. We, we are reaching <laughs> a pinnacle. And this is perfect because... <laughs> I feel super bad for not knowing who the fuck played all those fantastic voices in the 20th century. All right. What we're well, going to do here is we're going to conclude. We're going to we're going to we're going to sum it up in about 15 seconds. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Uh thank you for watching. Um you can tune in anytime we're live streaming at Force to Be Social on Twitch. You can see our old uh our older episodes on YouTube forced to be social uh, am i missing anything do we have a twitter do we have an email i got a twitter but it doesn't mean shit um all i know is that half-baked is a half-assed movie but it teaches a lot of valuable lessons and it's good for the youth to watch okay okay that's it it's not even tune, tune in for, for our kids. next episode we're going to be watching terminator 2 are we doing that on saturday is that how that goes down might have to do it uh we're gonna see Saturday might be the day. Um, wife's schedule, depending. It's up in the air. But next time you hear from us, we're going to be talking about Terminator 2. We're going to be talking about fucking John Connor, Sarah Connor, 
any Connor. I don't care. At this point in time, it's kind of just like we're, we're going to sort this Connor, shit. Every Connor in the whole Terminator franchise was played by Mel Blanc. And here's the other thing, too. No. Is that John Connor sent his dad back into the past to bang his mom so that he was born so we could have Terminator 2. Now, yep. now choke on that until the next episode. Stick that in your Billy Bong Thornton and smoke it. Or your Wesley Pipe. Oh, oh yeah, hey, what a terrible decision to to talk about. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. It was... We'll try to never make. We'll try to never bring up something this bad again. No, I think no. we're yeah. Terminator Two is going to be better. So if we still it, if we still we... both smoked weed, it would have been fine. Because we would just got think... baked out of our trees. I mean, like man, half baked is the fuck greatest movie I ever seen. With a whole you know fucking. What? maybe at some time we'll redo it we'll do like half-baked the director's cut and it'll just be us doing this again but high this time after we get our 120 million dollars for Shadow the Sonic movie yeah. right we'll do a half-baked 2 and destroy that series just like we did with the Fast and the Furious nice alright 